And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Makes it a two-point game. Oh, here's your mismatch right here. Now it's Luca. Deep three. Hello, welcome to 77 Minutes in Heaven, a Dallas Mavericks podcast that's part of the Athletic Podcast Network. You know me, Tim Cato. You know Dave Dufour. Definitely. We all know Dave Dave Dufour. Yeah. Yeah, we all do. Who doesn't know Dave Dufour? I'm everywhere. Yeah. Eternal. uh, Omnipresent. There's the one. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a a high and holy uh, reference there for you. Let's... Just go through the Dallas Mavericks roster on this podcast. Last time we talked, I believe it was right after the draft before free agency. We now have all 16 guaranteed contracted players lined up. Um, I don't think we're going to talk about Tyler Bay or or Nate Hinton. I I think Bay more than Hinton could possibly play a role. Um, Probably. You know, with the the way the two-way contracts are set up, and and I think they can play up to 50 games. But uh, beyond that mention, I don't think we're going to talk about the two ways. Let's just go through one, one to 16. There are 16 players under contract. You can do the math on that. Mm-hmm. That does mean there will be one person left out. And uh, we'll get to that at the end. You got guesses on who's getting cut? Um, we'll get to that at the end, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's just start with Luka Doncic. Uh, what do you think of him? I think he's know, pretty good. You know? yeah, I've heard, heard of him. him. Yeah, I've heard okay. of him. I, okay. You know, EuroLeague MVP? It's it's funny we um on on Twitter today, uh, Matt Ellentuck, my friend Matt, uh, recirculated a a thing we did at SB Nation in uh, 2017, trying to predict the best players in 2021. And I think I think it was Anthony Davis first, Giannis Antetokounmpo second. You know, kind of decent top two. It, it got a little little messier after that, but I looked to see where Luca was, and Luca was 23rd. And I thought I was like that. That's for what we thought in 2017 that is a pretty you know surprisingly close prediction um but realistically he's he's what top five this season like there's oh yeah he's that good like this is this is this man's you know this is this team's talisman he he really could win the mvp this year um i mean obviously he was in the running last year and i think when you consider how much of a factor narrative plays into for so many voters the Porzingis, you know, health issues, especially to start the season. Man, if they come out of the gate hot, and if he looks yeah. as good as he did in, in that series against the Clippers, where I mean, he could have done anything. Like he, I just felt like he could have done anything. Yeah, um, yeah, he's going to be in the MVP race. Yeah, he he won't. So he won't be the best player in the league. No, he will not be the best player. But there, despite that, MVP right. is not the best player award. Um, as much as it's touted as such, it is just not that award. So the MVP just said that about LeBron. It's true. He said LeBron's the best player in the league. Yeah. 
So well, there you yeah, go. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think, I think that's a, that's exactly right. So, um, he, he wouldn't be my pick, but, uh, but I also think that I need to really consider, okay, what are their narratives potentially going to be coming into the season? And definitely voter fatigue is always the biggest narrative when it comes to MVP. And, uh, I certainly wonder if people will have that with Giannis. So moving right along to Kristaps Porzingis, who will not play until January. He, um, he actually talked to media today. And uh, we're recording this on Thursday. And he talked about how he he delayed his surgery until I, I want to say it was early October that he got it done. Certainly more than a month after the season ended. And he said he delayed it because, you know, he thought like all of us in that moment that the season wouldn't be starting until January or February. As it turns out, it's starting at Christmas. So now he's going to miss, you know, pr- probably all of January. I could see him coming back that maybe that last week. No chance he's out till the all-star break, right? No. And that's going to be what the first week of March. Yeah. Uh, And I think the, the only way is with a setback. Uh, Mm -hmm. As far as I hear, you know, he is on track and he is ahead of track and they're the ones kind of holding him back, which is absolutely the right course of action with your seven, three player um with the with the history he does but you know we've well, talked about that it's it's lucky for the mavs that they get the next guy josh, josh richardson? richardson big yeah. deal man this is a big deal so 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 here's a here's a like concept i want to just briefly touch on that, that involves these two players directly mm-hmm. um the biggest two reasons why the mavericks had the historic offense last season the best ever was luca and Kristaps. The, the spacing, I, I don't think, you know, as, as much as it was Luca first and foremost, I don't think you can discount that, you know, just, just how, you know, otherworldly the, the spacing that a, you know, seven, seven, three, five, you know, who shoots seven a game provides you. Without him for a month, a month and a half, like how much do you think this is, this will fall? Because I, I'm not, I'm not sure, but I think a lot of how f- much they fall will depend on how seamlessly Richardson fits into the offense. Well, I mean, I, I think to a certain degree, it's also who are they going to fill in, you know, for Porzingis with, and how do they perform? But Richardson is going to have the opportunities to not only be a catch and shoot guy, but he's going to have the opportunity to create some off the dribble, which is something that we talked about a right. lot. You know, Seth, look, Seth Curry was great for this team as a secondary playmaker for who he is. I think Josh Richardson has a real opportunity to be more dynamic in this offense with the spacing, the five out spacing they're going to provide. He's going to have to carry some of the load early since Porzingis won't be there. I just don't think that they've got any bigs that are able to, to fill that, that void. So Josh Richardson is going to have to, he's going to have to do more than he was asked to do in Philly. It's probably going to look a little bit more like it looked in Miami for him. So, so yeah, I would, so what do you, what do you remember him looking like there? Like what role do you remember him specifically and in, kind of inhabiting in that, in that, well, uh, he that did, offense two he, seasons ago? He did more primary initiation th- that last season in Miami than he had ever done to that point. Average four assists. Look like a real, you know, like a Drew Holiday type. And I, we're going to hear that a lot because Drew is going to be on a really good team. Uh, but Josh Richardson was kind of like a, a, a poor man's Drew Holiday to a certain degree. Would take a, often take the the primary defensive assignment. He's not the same defender as Drew Holiday, uh, but I think that in this offense where where they're going to prioritize shooting, I think he's going to have an easier time doing stuff than he did that year in Miami, and, and in particular, I mean, definitely 
an easier time than he had in Philly where his role was so nebulous. You almost have to throw out the numbers and just say, well, I don't know who this guy is right now. Yeah. Yeah. He when didn't really I, when have I a defined Derek, role there, right? Right. I, that's exactly what Derek Bodner said. I, I did a conversation piece with, with him um, last week. Whatever week it was, time is fake. As I've probably said 17 times on this podcast. Um yeah, Bodner Bodner said that that you know he never had a consistent role. That um, that there was times where he looked where where Richardson looked like he was starting to lose confidence with his shot. But so much, and then but then he just offered you know just how so much of his role was inconsistent and and just bad. And he also had multiple injuries that just kept you know popping up and and derailing you know derailing Richardson every time he got some momentum. So so yeah, I'm 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 fairly confident that he's going to look real good. But I think that's that's pretty key as as this season starts with without the you know firepower. He doesn't need to be Seth Curry. He just he just needs to be you know especially as we kind of get into the guard depth. Um, they're a little light there too. So I think him being a playmaker, him being a Drew Holiday light. I love that that comp. Um, I, I think that's a really interesting one. Uh, I think that's that's pretty crucial, and I, I guess we will see. So let's let's go to Finney Smith real quick since he's the other defender who we expect to be in the starting lineup. Um, you know, like this, this helps like Richardson, just having someone who can take, you know, you can look at, you can look at the matchups. You can say this player makes more sense for him. This player makes more sense for them. Last year, it was just who is the best player on the perimeter. There you go, Dorian, go, get him. go guard that that's dude, right. go get him. You got <laughs> him. And uh, so, so I think, I think, you know, that's immediately going to be a big help for, for uh, Finney Smith. Um, yeah, exactly. Because now small guards, you have a natural guy that you could stick on him. And, and it sounds right. funny, but like that's the truth. You've got someone who can guard, you know, six foot to six five. And now Dorian Finney Smith doesn't have to be that guy. Like this is this is great. It's great for Dorian Finney Smith because he's gonna, you know, guard a little bit more his natural position, the bigger wings. And it's great for the Mavs because you got another defender who's gonna play big minutes and that you can trust on an island. And if Luca will defend the way he did in the playoffs, which was pretty good, and I think his defense in general last season was probably better than people would give him credit for overall. But in particular in the bubble, I thought he was pretty good. He was, yeah. Few few lapses aside, right? Yeah, always. I, I yeah. think it's going to be a while till the Aaron said uh, Right. But all of a sudden, you have a defense that's passable. And with what this offense can be, that's dangerous, man. This could be, the, the Mavs could really take a big leap because they got an extra wing defender. Yeah, big deal. Yeah, Dorian Finney-Smith might be better. He might be better. Right. Yeah, and I mean, there's there's more defenders on on the bench than there were before. You know, just all, all around, it is it is a it is a much more capable defensive team. And we'll 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 stay away from projections, you know, just now and any of that stuff. But you know, like there were 17 last year, I think, or maybe 18, and. You know, if they can, if they push to, towards top ten, um, heaven forbid, if they are top ten, you know, even if it's ninth or tenth, that's that's scary. That's that's a really good team. You know, even if you slip a little bit on offense, because with Luca, you're not going to slip a ton. Um, and it helps that Tim Hardaway Jr. is around, and and you know, we know what he will be. I, I think that the one fear I might have had is if they signed him to a long term long term contract, but they didn't. He's still in a contract year. You know, he's still healthy as as far. You know, I, I think his health. Um, two seasons ago was an issue, um, and, and the way that he was able to get healthy last year, 
and then, you know, really just came into that starting lineup and, and, you know, cemented himself. I think that's, that's good and important. And, and as long as he just continues that, I don't see any reason to predict that he won't, you know, maybe, maybe he's slightly worse, but if he's hitting, you know, 38% instead of 42% on threes, as long as it's the same volume and he has the same gravity, it doesn't really matter. It, yeah. If he just does what he did last year, th- yeah. it's gravy, right? Like he was one of the five or 10 best shooters in the league. I think at this point we kind of know who he is. He's also going to benefit from Josh Richardson and and his added playmaking. So I think Tim Hardaway could potentially even be better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as long as he stays the same, if he's better, that's I'm even less worried about the offense, even taking a step back whatsoever. You want to talk about Maxi? Yeah, Our let's do friend. it. Friend, friend, friend of friend the program. Friend, friend of the, the program, program. Indeed. So, so here's, here's one interesting thing. The, the metrics for him are, were way less favorable than, um, you know, two seasons ago, he was an analytics starling. He was not that last year. The, and well, I, the shooting was just bad. To well, in what sense? So you know, he shot a career high thirty nine, and and so was, in terms of, I, I I'm aware, I'm aware, but in terms of a catch all catch all metric that just kind of looks at everything, you know, why do you think a catch all metric would rate him lower? When, you know, we know he had shooting problems, right? but it, he looked like a good shooter if you just looked at his number and he was, he was okay. You know, he was bad. He was bad in moments where it mattered. Yeah. And in particular late in the bubble, in the playoffs, you know, just unreliable. So I think that that's what they, like, they're going to need Maxi a lot. I don't know if he's going to start or not. Um, I, I wouldn't anticipate it. It's going to be Powell, uh, most yeah, likely I mean, to start the year but, unless there's but injury. He's concerns. coming back from the Achilles, you know, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But you know, I always have my doubts. Carlisle guys. said something about like really making it a priority last season to bring Maxi off the bench. Yeah. So I think he's going to be he's, he will situationally start against Zion and Giannis and players like that. Well, he's and Zion beyond that, he's going to yeah. exactly. So I mean, okay, as we so discussed, if if Maxi can, I, I think it, the volume on the threes need to go up when he's out there. Um, but he's got to make them at the end of the day. When when he's when he's just missing the wide open ones, in particular in, in crunch time, it just kills him. Yeah. They were working so hard to get those shots. And the defense just wasn't bothered by him. Yeah. He's gotta he's gotta knock those down. Yeah, I think I think he could be a touch better defensively. I, I think I don't want to say regress. I just don't think he was quite as impactful last season as he was two years ago. The, the the defensive player that we were just he, like he wow, looked amazing look at this dude he was amazing at using his strength but yeah. not his feet yeah yeah that that's specifically where I would say like I don't think he moved laterally quite as well mm-hmm. and and contained within that is that he wasn't blocking shots quite as often because right. so many of his blocks are lateral movement on ball blocks you know usually you're used to the weak side stuff no he would he would slide with a guy and block him at the apex. And I didn't see that happen as many times last year, and I don't know if there was a reason for it or not. Um, I should ask him. I'll ask him next time I talk to him. So I'll see. I'll see if he uh, he also feels that way or 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 not. Maybe change shoes. Maybe change shoes. Maybe it's that simple. I don't know. That's that's why I was. That's why I never made it to the. League. Is Jalen so. Brunson going to be healthy? <laughs> he is. He is. Um, he said that. Um, he said that he felt like Dirk, like an old man, um, when he first had the surgery because he had to sleep like literally in a in a recliner mm-hmm. chair. But he says he he assures us he is 100 percent healthy. 
I believe he will be. I think he has an important role. He's the only other true point guard, pure mm-hmm. point guard, if we can use those terms and everybody kind of understands what we mean, uh, on the roster that isn't Doncic. So, you know, they have other guards and playmakers, but they don't have another, a, you know, point guard except for J.J. Brea, but we'll, sure. we'll get there. I, I think Brunson, so, Brunson, as much as anyone, is going to have to pick up the slack off the bench that Seth Curry's absence is is going to yeah. create. And he'll do it in a different way. Exactly. I agree. I agree. He needs to give them a good 22 minutes a night. Of solid defense and solid offense. Right. I think he was down to 17 minutes last season. Now, I mean, that's going to tick right back up to where it was his rookie year when he was playing just because they were tanking. So I I have high expectations for him. I think that he can, you know, obviously the the shoulder surgery was, was a bummer. You know, it, it does. But but I think that he's going to come out real good. I, I, I'm i fairly confident. Um, and even if he as long as he can grow into the role throughout the year. I mean, that's that's the other key. So. Trey Burke. Trey Burke. Yeah. Fantastic. And, fantastic bubble. Right. Yeah, he was really good. I mean, I, we, we think of his standout performances in the bubble and, and we forget that he also like, you know, had games where he went one of ten. Yeah. But that's what he's going to be. And. You know, actually, I could see I could see Burke playing more than Brunson to start the year, and then slowly, as the course of the season goes on, their minutes kind of even out, and then Brunson overtakes them. Mm-hmm. That that is that is a scenario I could see. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Brunson's playmaking is going to be crucial for them. It's right. going to allow them to rest Luca quite a bit. And I yeah. think Brunson is a more natural pairing, not only with Luca, but also Richardson and Burke himself. So, you know, I just think that lineup flexibility is going to matter a lot. We know how Carlisle likes to use guards anyway, you know? So there's going to be, a, I think there's going to be a lot of Burke and Brunson together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to necessarily pit Brunson against Burke per se. I actually asked Brunson a question about um, how he would compliment with Burke. And I think, I think he thought I was saying, well, this guy's coming for your spot. No, no, not at all. They're, they're very different players. They, right. you know, they, they're both playmakers in very different ways where, where Brunson is a very steady uh, offense driver, you know, offense, mm-hmm. you know, just like makes the right passes and, and can pass people open. Uh, Burke has to create separation to, to get, you know, and, and that's, and then he makes a simple pass after that. 
Um, usually, you know, obviously he has some he has some tricks and and all that. But he's a he's a good player to have on the roster. I I, I was less bullish on his on him coming back, but that that was when I was you know really hoping that they would get another guard uh, of some sort. And just as the as the offseason went along, and as I kept looking at free agency and everything that was out there, there was just not really any better options than Burke. I don't think. So bringing him back on a on a fairly low price, like three million a year, I I think that's I think that's good business for for the Mavericks. I think I think that's solid. Yeah. So we should talk about Powell, and that's a player I am nervous for. Um, he's a pivot point for the team, I think, because yeah. he's got an important role. Let's here. Let's talk about him and, and Collie Stein together, because Collie Stein, I think I view him as the emergency like. Like he's gonna he's gonna help out when everybody's injured, but I think worst case scenario, if Pal is not who he was in the past, I think Collie Stein is there just in case, just to make sure you do have another rim runner who really can you know change the dynamic of the team. Although Willie Collie Stein is a worse player in every single other way, but yeah, Pal Pal's you know eliteness is is his rim running and and maybe more specifically just the his ability to finish every single time he's there. You know, he, sh- he was shooting when he got injured last season, he was shooting 81% at the rim. 81. That's, that's more than four out of five shots that, that, yeah. that he's, that he's scoring. That, that is, I just want to express that like the league average is 60 and he was just like, oh yeah, I'm going to, you know, you guys make three out of five. Usually I'm going to make four out of five. That's very hard. <laughs> yeah. So, and the Achilles injury, it just, that's the type of athleticism that it really affects. Yeah, that's what that's what scares me. Yeah, you lose that burst. A little bit, mm-hmm. a little bit more elasticity. Yeah, and he's, if he, he won't can't get off the ground quite as quick, like it's exactly. not about how high he can jump. It's about it's the fast, how quickly. Right. Got a really quick second jump too. Yeah, I was gonna say his second jump. I do not think will be there for a long time, and mm-hmm. and that's the type of thing that especially you just don't see come back with these injuries. And between. Which, uh, between the Porzingis issues to start the season and the, you know, question marks about Powell, the, these are the big concerns I have about the Mavs. And I think you right. know we'll we'll know what Powell's going to look like for the, for the rest of the year by the All Star break. I think I think it, it's going to take him a couple of months to get his legs under him. Right. I mean, for him, it's kind of a short turnaround. And when we look at guys recently that have had a short turnaround, Wes Matthews, Rudy Gay. It took them a minute, but when they came back, a lot of the pop was there. It wasn't the same, yeah. but a lot of it was there. So, I mean, I'm hopeful. Most of the 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 most recent cases of players under 30 who suffer this, they're they're it's not a career ender. They're in some cases they can replicate close to what they did, and that's I think just the the hope for Pal is that that you know is if. Maybe maybe he's five ten percent, but if he can be ninety percent of what he was, I think I think that's still a player that that you know definitely matters to the team and and mm-hmm. helps them win. So that's that's what you're hoping for, and and it may take some time, like you said. He's going to rest throughout the year. He's going to get nights off, um, and and when he when those things happen, and especially with Porzingis continuing to be out, Collie Stein's a necessary piece, but that that's all he is. He's just there for depth, and I think he can be fine at it. I think he can be a solid depth, you know, like into the bench guy. If he's playing twenty five minutes a night, something bad has happened. Yeah, it needs it needs to be like sixteen to, yeah, eighteen. Yeah. Um. I mean, if he's playing twenty five minutes because they're blowing people out, that's great. 
but I don't think that's what <laughs> well, we're, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then of course the other the other big man option we'll jump in real quick is Bill Bond. Um our fave. Yeah. So he's um, yeah, I don't I don't know what to say about. It. I mean he's he's the guy well, he is, you know, you know we who know he is, exactly. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's the yeah, greatest he's a, uh he's the most efficient player in NBA history. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not not a joke. Like he is actually literally, literally that. The most yeah, efficient player. That. Yeah, just just a just a wild player. But but mm-hmm. you know, some matchups just won't work. And no. if you want to play more than 20 minutes, I wouldn't. And neither neither do the Mavericks really want to do that. So, you know, there there will be nights early in the season where it's it's Maxi, Kali Stein, and Boban, and that's your that's your big man rotation. And hopefully the Mavericks can, you know, just be deliberate about how they kind of parse that out. I, I want to talk about the new wings as like just one unit. Okay. So Josh Green, Ty- uh, Tyrell Terry. James Johnson. Well, t- Terry's the the guard, but yeah, yeah he's a uh, he's, he's no, not he's, gonna, a, he's a guard. He's no. not an initiator. He's gonna play on the wing. He's not. He's not gonna be up top. I feel like. Yes, I, I, I understand but, but what I, you're saying, but you're so, being pedantic now, Cato. So, so I would argue that Josh Green and Wes Awundu and mm-hmm. Tyler Bay and kind of James Johnson and James are Johnson. all fighting for. Uh, what what did I say? The, so James Johnson, I think, is going to be in that three four. I think when they want to go a little bit smaller, they can play James Johnson at the four credibly. Yeah. I mean, they could even play him small ball five if they wanted. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I'm just yeah. saying that I think all, you know, Johnson, Green, Awandu mm-hmm. are all kind of the same player. They're not, but they're no. all defense first sure. wing guys. And Terry is much more of a offense first guard. Right. But I'm just grouping him in with these wings that are going to be fighting for minutes between two, three, and four, although I think Terry is more likely in those minutes as a two. So, well, solely. here, 20 seconds on Terry, and then yeah. and then we'll get to the others. I, I just think that the role he's fighting for is like a fundamentally different one than those three, just because... Oh, certainly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so that's that's why I... That's that's why my mind is resisting same, kind of putting them same together. Same minutes, different role. Yeah, 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 that's, that's fair, we're, that's fair. We're arguing and, and the same point, yeah. Okay, I, I see I see what you're saying, yeah. No, I think that's fair. You know, there there is a Seth Curry role carved out for him, um, I, he's not going to play that role. He's not that good yet. You know, in time, that's the hope. Um, mm-hmm. he's a, he's a rookie. It doesn't matter that he played three years in college. Like Seth Curry was 29 last season. He just won't be that good. Right. But if he can, he can provide a approximation of what Curry did in, in bursts here and there. Um, or at least that's the hope uh, as the season kind of winds on, uh, the Mavericks kind of hope like second half of the year, he's going to start getting into games and he'll, he'll just hit five threes one night. Um, and the next night, he just won't have it, and he'll play eight minutes, and he'll get benched the rest of the game, and that's fine. Um, so, what do you what do you think of the like which which of these three wings that that as we move on to this, the Green, Nwandu, Johnson, mm-hmm. um, which one makes the most impact of? of those well, three? I think Johnson is ready to go. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, Awundu, I mean, he's just been fascinating for years, but we we never really seen it as a, a contributor. James Johnson, I think he can play. And I think he'll probably play quite a bit for this team. He's tough. You know that he's going to at least give you a, a baseline level of defense. Not, I mean, he's not like a great three-point shooter, but he will shoot. So that right. matters. And, you know, I think he's a guy that's just going to play. Now, what role is he going to play? I don't know. I think he could spot start for this team, depending on how things shake out. You know, Dorian Finney-Smith should probably start the season as the four guy. 
But I yeah, would be surprised will. if James Johnson is backing him up from the jump. Yeah, you might be right. You might be right. I think that he's a player that if he drops out of the rotation, uh, maybe maybe your ideal rotation when you get to the end of the season doesn't include him. Right. But he will be in it. Like, there's no question he will be in it. He's just that useful of a player. Well, and I think someone like Josh Green, you know, we're looking at the end of the season before he's going to be a competent enough offensive right. player to earn Rick's trust when it comes to hitting open shots and doing very simple things. He's just, I don't think he's there yet. It's, no it's summer league. I've seen. No right. summer league, short training camp. James Johnson's on this team to tread water for these other guys to develop. Right? That's a good like, way to put it. Yeah. Right. He is there. That He's not a long-term piece. They're not counting on him to be in a playoff rotation. That is a that is an adult body who you know that, hey, I know what I'm going to get out of this guy. Rick, Rick Carlisle always finds a way to use these players. Mm-hmm. Always, yeah. always, always, always. So, yeah, he'll play, and, and I definitely think it will be more slanted towards the first half of the season than the second. But if he's that good the first half, then, you know, he's just in the rotation going forwards, and that's fine. I'm I am totally fine with that. I think that's a good place for the team to be. Um, who else haven't we hit on? Well, I mean, it's, I think we're at the we're at the last guy, and now I'm nervous here because it's JJ. Uh, they're not going to cut JJ. I have told myself this a hundred times a day, but logically, there is just no other answer. The, so the only scenario I can see where it doesn't happen is a one-do, like Josh Green beating out a one-do. And then they're just like, well, we don't need him. But but I've, I've also been told that he's guaranteed for two years. He signed a two-year contract, and a one-do's guaranteed for both of those years. You don't guarantee 2021 money for a player right. if you're just planning to cut. That is not a training camp body. That's not even a, we would like to get, have you on the roster, but let's see. Right. Like You are reducing your 2021 off-season cap room because you have to pay him, you know, $1.5 million. And that's a very small amount of money. But that is, it's just not a logical front office move. So I am in the very, very sad, depressed, unfortunate scenario of having to predict and say that logically, there is only one player that you would cut off this roster. You would not cut Boban, who is still useful. Um, and and that would be locker room. You know, you cannot do that to the locker room. You can't do that to Boban. You're not going to do that to James Johnson, who's too useful. Um, the, the rookies know. Um, they've signed their two-way guys. They're, they're, they're not going to suddenly convert Tyrell Terry to a two-way unexpectedly. They've already done all that stuff. Um, so I am left with one very long, long-sighing, saddening conclusion that's uh, that I don't want to be true. I hope I'm missing something. Just want to clarify this. That's Tim underscore Cato on Twitter. Just just throwing that out there for no particular reason. Mm. Tim underscore Cato on Twitter. Interesting. Yep. What, JJ JJ uh, JJ be, once told me. JJ really once told me he liked one of my tweets since oh, uh, since we're talking about JJ. Yeah. Well, I I would be surprised, but but. I mean, this is life in the NBA. And this season yeah. in particular, I do think that you're going to see teams. I mean, we're already seeing it. Guys getting squeezed out of the league um, because teams are taking flyers on healthy bodies over old kind of broken down bodies. It, like they're yeah. not 
I mean, I don't think Joakim Noah had intentions to necessarily retire. I just right. think there were just no spots for him. I mean, Reggie Jackson just got re-signed. Now, and, again, think about the quality of the players. These are guys that that usually are able to hang on for a few years on the end of the bench. And those jobs are just going to other guys now. And the last thing I'll say is that I was also of the opinion last season that I thought Brea, when I saw him on the court, could have done more than than he did. Uh, no, he could have played a larger role than he did. I thought he should have been used more often. Um, he he wasn't as good. The the injury had clearly, you know, sapped some of what made him good. But I thought he was all right. I thought he was all right when he played, and I thought there was more chances for Carlo to use him where he didn't. But clearly, the way he was used shows me that they do not see him as a player who can contribute any, you know, to to the level that that he once could. And if the team doesn't feel that way, they have a closer view than him. We didn't see him a lot last season. We know what he means to this team. You know, we know Rick Carlisle loves him. It's it's not. It can't be that. You know, it can't be that they just aren't playing a good player. They must just truly believe that he he can't contribute anymore. So, it, it, with that in consideration and with the consideration that there's 15 other players with guaranteed contracts who all matter to some degree, like have chances to impact this team this season or our prospects who they have stuff invested in down the line. I, I just, there's, I don't see any other scenario except it, it being Brea. And I hope that, you know, I, I doubt he, you know, he's not going to go right into coaching. There's not really a spot for him, but I hope he, he stick. I hope he's around the team this year in whatever capacity that makes sense to be. You don't think he'll um, go sign with the Lakers and, and chase ring? I don't think it's impossible. He, I mean, it's not, he's not a Dallas lifer. Right. He, he had that Timberwolf stint, you mm-hmm. know, but I, I don't know. I, I think it's more likely that he sits out a year and then just sees what's available next year. If he really still wants to play. Yeah. Um, with the with the idea that it, he will probably retire, but he doesn't want to af- make it official yet until he sees what next season looks like. But that's just a guess. That's just a hunch. So I'm just throwing ideas out there. So that's Tim uh, that's underscore this, this Cato. Just for no particular reason. Just actually, Mavs fans are really nice. I don't think you're yeah, they're super nice. And also, like man, it's I've, logic. I've said, it's also logic. Yeah, I've said I've written this like for two weeks now, and and everybody is is un unhappy with the concept but they, they're they they get where i'm coming from. they're not they're shooting like, the messenger yeah i mean for the most part they agree with me they're like uh, you're you have reached the logical conclusion but they're fans so they shouldn't be logical i like i mean that seriously don't be logical if you're a fan that's not what it's about that's my job let me do this i'm here for y'all i'm being the dumbass meanie bully with the logic that leads to Brea getting cut. So blame me. It's it's me. Uh, it's Tim underscore Cato on Twitter. Just just helping out Dave here. Just making sure go. y'all know where to. Uh, that's that's the guy. That's yeah. The guy. That's uh that's the guy. Yeah. That's that's how I refer to myself um, often. <laughs> in fact. All right. This this has gotten long long enough. Uh, I'm taking vacation for basically two weeks. Um, the season snuck up on me. So. Um, I'm just going to squeeze it in during the preseason. Um, we we have some stuff, a few things planned, and Mike Bellucci will be on on the athletic. So that, you know, I'm basically just shouting out the uh, the athletic DFW subscribers here, so people have an idea. Uh, but I, I will be fully back and ready to go um, season opening week uh, that Monday. Bright and bushy tailed is, I think, an expression my mom used to use. Bright eyed um, and bushy tailed. 
Yeah, there it is. So shout out Sue Kato. Um, we got uh, we got one of her her famed expressions on that's the, Sue on the, on the underscore Kato uh, on Twitter. Yes, no. yes, that's yeah, it's definitely not. But good lord, I do not want to see my mom on Twitter. <laughs> No, that would be bad. So uh, th- thanks, everyone, for listening. I don't think we will pod next week, uh, but the one – we two made weeks. one after two weeks um, with or without me. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Dave will be here for sure. Yep. And if I, if I can fit into the schedule, then I will. And then uh, season opening week, I think we're back on a, on a weekly schedule. So Yeah, we're back at it. We are back. Basketball is back. Let's go. Thanks for listening. See y'all. Oh As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.